Thanks for stopping by. I'm Corey Edwards, writer, director, comedian, paper mache aficionado, and uh, Star Wars lover. Well, I don't know if I'm a Star Wars lover. I don't know what th- I don't know what that says about me. I'm a fan of Star Wars, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about Episode Five of Obi Wan Kenobi, and this is the spoiler alert. This is a spoiler alarm going off. We're going to talk all about. Who lives? Who dies? Who tells your story? Okay? So, be ye warned, I say as if I was an old man holding a lantern by a foreboding sign in a dark forest. Be ye warned! Spoilers ahead! But before I do that, hey, uh, working a lot in coffee shops right now because I'm trying to get a script done. So, you know, that's the favorite office of writers is coffee shops. Because there's one thing writers love. They love to write and they love coffee. And somehow we all learn to combine the two. But shout out to the guy in the coffee shop where real estate is scarce and tables are few. Shout out to the guy who put his stuff on a table and then walked away and I guess took a phone call or a leisurely jog and was gone for over an hour while the rest of us stared at his stuff on a nice big table and chair. I, I almost, I'm not this guy, but I almost like just picked all this stuff up and gently set it out on the sidewalk. But you know what? I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. So uh, instead, I just privately simmered and my eyes burned lasers at the table. I, I, I threw little, little mental daggers at the table. He eventually showed up and then did about 15 minutes with the work and left. I don't, I don't understand that, guys. There's a social contract. Everybody knows you go to a coffee shop and you you are sitting at that table. First thing you do, you got to pay the rent. That means you got to go buy something to sit there. You don't just sit there for hours with your own bottle of Aquafina. You buy a cup of coffee. But secondly, you don't set your stuff down and then go meet your friend outside and chit chat in the parking lot or whatever was happening. It wasn't it wasn't a half hour, guys. I'm not being a nitpicker. This was like two hours, two and a, uh, hour and a half. It was all afternoon. So, you know, when I say shout out to that guy, it means I want to shout out at him. Um, but also I want to give another shout to something interesting um, that this week uh, they released a trailer and images for a movie that's going to be on Netflix. It's called Blonde. And it is the imagined life of Marilyn Monroe. I don't know what that means. It means lots of fantasy sequences. Ana de Armas is in it. Nobody's complaining about that. And it looks like it's uh, very artistic. Has an NC-17 rating. And apparently I read a little article uh, on how the director and Netflix kind of fought about that. And the director won. And the director's quote in this article was, and this guy's name is Andrew Dominic, director. His quote was, uh, it's not my job for the audience to feel comfortable. It's not my job to make sure the audience is having a good time. If they don't understand this film, that's their effing problem. That was the real quote I, I pulled. But he didn't say effing, but this is a clean podcast. So if the audience doesn't get it, it's their effing problem. Um, I'm here to offer a counterpoint. Um, if the audience doesn't like it, 
It's your only problem. It's your biggest problem, Andrew Dominic. Let me explain something to you, you uh, adorable little doll baby who thinks that the world revolves around you. Listen, there are many art forms where you can be that self-indulgent. There's painting. You can make a sculpture that confounds people. You can write a song and put it out on a SoundCloud and nobody has to like it. You can even make people angry. But let's face it, film is a popular art form. It is a commercial art form. It is an art form that the backers demand a return on and that Netflix would sure like to see do well. And if you just end up angering people, that's not our problem, director. That's your problem. It really is. And if you're a writer or a director or a creative person and you get notes, you can't get angry at the notes. Or if you have a a test screening and it tests poorly or audiences don't respond to your commercial piece of popular art, it is not the audience's problem. Stand-up comics, if you tell a joke and nobody laughs, it is not the audience's fault. It's your fault. I hate to tell you, because I've had to learn the lesson too. Hey, sometimes they don't laugh at my jokes. Sometimes they don't like what I'm making. And I want I want to tell them it's their fault, but it's not. And this this director has made some stuff. I mean, he's been around. He He's the director of Chopper and uh, The Assassination of Jesse James, uh, uh, and longer title that I can't remember. Um, so he's done some stuff, but it's like, that just seems to be a really pompous, really arrogant statement to make. He followed that with, there's something in this film to offend almost everyone. Oh, good. Well, I guess one thing Netflix doesn't care about is offending people. We do know that. We do know that. And sometimes that's a good thing. Hey, you know, let artists be artists. You know, I do. There's a fine line here. Um, to maybe play devil's advocate for this guy, maybe not give him a bunch of business, um, there has been a great deal of pandering to audiences or when audiences dislike a sequel or a series of movies or the use of a particular character in a particular way, the filmmakers feel the need to acquiesce, to pander to that audience, to make the changes the audience quote-unquote demands. So, you know, it's a fine line. I, I, I'm, I'm proud of him for being an artist, but I wouldn't make that statement, especially right before your movie comes out. Just announcing to the audience, if you don't like this and it makes you angry and offended, that's your problem. So if you're making art today, and I hope a lot of you that are listening to this podcast are making art, just make sure to take write that little note down and tuck it in your cap. It's not the audience's fault if they're not responding. There's something deep-seated that you need to unlock to make them respond. Your job is to get into the laboratory and get out all your test tubes and find that formula that makes the audience respond. That's, that's Honestly, that's the primary job of a filmmaker. So, so I don't know. Maybe he had had a few too many drinks before that interview. Um, maybe he's feeling pretty cocky because he's got a movie that everybody's talking about right now. Um, But that's, I mean, that's another follow-up point. Be careful what you say in the press because it's forever. Um, And now apparently we all have our own press. We all have our own Twitter feed and our Instagram. So, you know, it follows us everywhere. Um, Little articles are written about us in social media, whether we're famous or not. It's happening. So just be mindful. Um, So to Obi-Wan, we are going to listen to what my boys think about it. We're going to listen to our special guest. I've got a great guest this week. I'm excited to hear his thoughts, and I'm excited to talk about this episode because, oh my goodness, guys, the Force was with us. It was a great 
big, sweaty, bacon-filled casserole of a Star Wars episode, guys. It had so much. As Stefan would say, this episode has everything. It's got force pushing. It's got Vader. It's got lightsaber fights with your mind. It's got Haja the con man. It's got a baby robot turning from evil to good. It's got it all. It's got it all. There were moments in this, and I watched it with my wife and two kids, and we, there were several moments where we all audibly gasped. It was good stuff, man. It was, I mean, we'll talk about it all beat for beat, but I just, the highlights for me, and I did predict this with uh, some of my other friends of the show, Mike Hornacek, Nick Flora, Jeff Houston, the people that have already been on. Um, Mike put out a shout on Twitter, you know, what do you predict? I did predict that we'd see a certain somebody alive again at the end of this episode. You know, I've already said spoiler alert. The Grand Inquisitor, he is alive. And I think one thing we've, the big thing we've learned in this episode and in this series is that if you get run straight through with a lightsaber, it's fine. You're gonna be fine. As my wife pointed out, well, you know, it's white hot and it cauterizes the wound, so as long as you miss the vital organs, it kind of seals everything off. That's the beauty of the lightsaber. It cauterizes the wound. You don't bleed from lightsaber wounds. So we've seen a couple of people get run straight through. I, I don't think Reva's done yet. I think that she's got stuff to do. And oh my, what a twist for Reva. Uh, I've been fascinated by her, even as a straight up villain. But now, oh, oh, the tables have turned. Oh, the Rubik's Cube keeps turning. There was a twist there. Uh, maybe some of you smarter people saw it coming, that she was a youngling. She was a youngling and we saw, it was the very first scene of the entire series the younglings running for their lives as Order 66 and Anakin gone Darkseid are running through the temple. It's the first scene they gave us. And now I know why. I did not see it coming. As I say, some of you smarter people might have, but wow, when they revealed that, it was, it was not a fast gasp, it was a slow gasp. And the other big gasp for me was Vader stopping that ship in midair. He stopped it so suddenly, it wasn't even like it wobbled in the air. It, it was nightmarish to me. There was something that chilled me about how fast he stopped that ship in the air. Whew, wow. But it was a little switcheroo. We had an old switcheroo. And I'd like to think that Haja had something to do with that, even though we, we didn't find that out. But if you've got a con man in your cave while you're getting the rebels together, I, I feel like the filmmakers could have said, you know, the, the, the writer could have said, hey, maybe Haja has the idea for the old switcheroo because he's all about switcheroos. He's a con man. Okay, that's enough of saying hello, and let's get to our guests, and let's get to our favorite segment about uh, what my boys think as well, and talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, Episode 5. And now it's time for a segment that we like to call What Do The Boys Think? What do they think? Let's ask them, shall we? Boys, Elliot and Nate. Hi. Hello. 15 and 12. All right. Episode 5. What did you think? Let me Hit me with it. It was awesome, frankly. It was crazy. So much happened in it. It felt yeah. like a full-length movie. That was awesome. Good. What did you think? It was really great. What was so great about it? Well, Give me like, something more. A lot of the choreography was really well done, and a lot of the, in the fights were cool. In the fights? Yeah. 
Well, specifically, the, like when she, when Reva was tumbling yeah, around. When Reva was fighting Darth Vader. Speaking of which, yeah, well, Darth crazy. Vader not even using a lightsaber. Did you know he could even do that, or would, that was even allowed in Star That's Wars? Crazy. Yeah. It makes you think why he doesn't do that in some of the other fights, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's odd when you go back in time and you show abilities that we haven't seen forward in time. But, you know, it's just every fight calls on different skills, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of felt like, you know, in uh, Last Jedi when Luke, or what we think is Luke physically there, is dodging and weaving Kylo Ren. He's like, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not really engaging him. He's ducking. Yeah. Like, Vader felt a little bit like that. It also felt like one of the Lego Ninjago fights. Oh, in what way? Between Lord Garmadon when he's a human at his temple. But that's, like, a weird place my mind goes. Yeah. Sure. You know, like Lord Garmadon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Lord Garmadon. Um, what other stuff? Uh, R.I.P. Tala. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Tala and welcome back, Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. And R.I.P. Uh, carrier robot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Construction yeah. robot. Did yeah. you, were you sad to see him go? Yeah. Um... What else? Just like a thought. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that this episode didn't have, like, any Leia. She was in, like, the first part, and then she was in the vents for the entire rest of the episode. Right. Well, we've been so focused on her, haven't we? And now she's kind of, you know, just kind of there. She's just she's kind of fiddled with some wires for a while and then turned For a while. Off. Yeah, for a while. And then for turned like an hour. Off. It takes her as long to find those wires as it does to for her to run away from she's somebody. She's like, where's Tala? And Obi-Wan's <laughs> like, where's Tala? Where were you? <laughs> yeah, if you're not taking so long with all those I wires, know. man. Yeah, I think we were when we were watching that scene. You guys started saying, "Wow, it's taking a long time yeah. for her to disconnect yeah. or reconnect these wires." She could have had like a problem or something she was struggling with. Yeah, I thought she was gonna fight little Lola. Yeah, do were you hoping for a an evil Lola? Yeah, fight like it didn't take much very long for her to turn Lola back to good Lola, did it? No. <coughs> Well, there's that chip. Yeah. There's that, there's that evil chip that yeah. is in the back of every robot. You know, just make sure you remove the evil chip. Yeah. Yeah. Right? When you buy it at a shady store, you just got to make sure you take off all the evil chips. Right. I take it, I'm bringing my robot back. You guys had an evil chip in her. Um, so we were, we were all wondering. We kept discussing and arguing about, is that the Grand Inquisitor from the animated series? Is he dead? He's not dead, but what? Is he dead? I guess he's, he's not, not dead. It'd be weird if they like tried to kill him again in this last part. Like, <laughs> okay, he's kind of. Well, we all love that actor, so it's kind of cool that he's back. He's kind of become more of a yeah, yeah, a, a force now. Um, yeah, that was like remember remember four three shows ago when we were saying he dead. Yeah, he not dead. He not dead. Um, but like, why he not dead? Yeah, revenge. What else? What were major yeah. moments? Think think about major moments. Hit me with a couple of major uh, moments where you gasped or said, "Oh my gosh!" Oh oh, uh, uh, Anakin killing kids. Oh yeah. And the silly Anakin doing what Anakin does, killing children. Yeah. Well, we knew that though. That's yeah. something we knew happened. But it's an interesting arc for the Reva character. Yeah. Oh oh, as far as that she yeah, was backstory. that she was one of the kids. Yes, yeah, neat. Was that a surprise? It, it was. It was. Yeah. That was a very cool place to go with the backstory. I did not expect yeah. that. There are some that claim I've already seen on the internet. Well, we suspected that she was a youngling. I'm like, really? What? People what? people love to act smart after a twist happens. 
Well, I did not expect it at all. I'm I'm like, ready to be honest and say that was that was a huge surprise to me. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that Obi Wan and she kind of work together, or they may he, like he's like we both want the same thing, or yeah. I want to give you what you want. Yeah, like that she wants revenge on Vader was like a crazy reveal, right? Yeah, um, but like I was thinking, there's a lot of easier ways she could have killed Vader, like. She could have put the lightsaber to his back and then turned it on. That would right. have had him no chance to force stop it. You saying she she came up behind him with a big swing, giving him yeah. every opportunity to kind of force stop her. Yeah, and then again, she could have killed him that entire time when he was pulling down the spaceship. Right. Was that a surprise to you that Vader could do that? Just stop I feel like a spaceship in midair? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, we saw Darth Vader do that in Disney Infinity. Oh. Well, we saw somebody else stop a spaceship in midair. We did? Ray. In Rise of Skywalker. That's how Chewbacca died, but didn't die. Oh, yeah, right. That was supposed to be a big moment. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, that movie. And then um, it was pretty sudden and startling. Not only did he pull the ship down, but he rips the side of the ship off with the force. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about, about like, well, wait a minute. In New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi... He in, never showed that kind of power. In Empire, the he's walking in on the Millennium Falcon flying away from Hoth, and he's just like standing there. He gotta, he gotta pull that back. Well, I, maybe it was when he walked into that docking bay in Hoth. I think, I think what they're hoping we believe is Falcon was already full speed in flight, leaving. It was like a hundred yards from him, already on the way out the door. I guess. Again, as we've discussed before, like. The, has anybody written definitive rules down for the force? Because we no. kind of can change them. It seems like making stuff. What else? What else, Nate? Anything else that you? Um, what did you like that you were like? I'm so glad that happened. Anything? Nothing you liked else. Construction robot. You liked Tala. Yeah, but like oh no, you didn't like her dying. Else. You 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 were sad to see her go. I know you guys are big fans of her. Yeah. Um, thermal detonator. Yeah. Blows up. Why blows didn't up. she just throw it? I know. That seems yeah. like it would be so much more practical. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the... Li- you know, it's... As you said earlier, well, the the, the story needed it to happen. <laughs> um, it felt... I think with the with the war stuff of them running through the caves and yeah. all the handheld camera, it, it, it feels like they're trying to get a little bit of let, that Rogue One feeling. A little bit. That it's more rough and tumble. Well, you know... I, at the beginning of this series, when I was talking about what I thought, like, for the first two episodes, I was saying, I like how how this Obi-Wan isn't the prequel Obi-Wan. He's all chummy and, and <laughs> joking, because uh, he's been a little more serious because he's on the run and stuff. And I was kind of expecting him to get, like, a little bit more into that. Like, even when he's older in, in A New Hope, he's still kind of he's still kind of a little whimsical and, and yeah. saying things. He's he's pretty serious through the throughout the whole thing, and he's kind of like I want him to be a more fun character. You want him to lighten up at the I was end, expe- yeah. It's getting to like the very very end, and I was expecting him to be a little a little more of a fun character to little bit. Well, I wonder if this whole you know this is a time of heaviness for him in his life. I don't know that they'll allow him to get lifted. Maybe at the end, I mean, is there a happy ending to be had for this series? Do we? What is the happy ending that you feel like we'll have? Leia goes back to her parents. What about Luke? We got we see yeah. that yeah. we see that Reva. Yeah. Way to go. Uh, what's his name? Haja. Way to go, Haja. 
I give you one thing to do. Hang on to this communicator. Oops, I dropped it and well, kind of busted it. Well, he said, hang on to this communicator, this lightsaber, and then another thing. But... Yeah. And the blaster. He's, uh, like, he's like, hey, two out of three. <laughs> um, so, Reva... No. <clears throat> Reva knows where Luke is. Yeah. And that's... But she's got a hole in her. Apparently... Through their, her belly. But apparently we know from the Grand Inquisitor that a hole through your chest doesn't mean you're dead. Right. We really don't have a lot of explanation as to why he's not only alive, he's walking around and fine. Yeah, he's, he's not. That was crazy. Yeah, he's cool. Like, I thought we would at least see, like, now he has this cyborg implant part of his body. or They seem to fix everything with that now. Or a big patch on his side. Like, even his uniform, this, I was looking for something on his uniform. So I don't know. Maybe we'll find out that they cloned several of those guys and they send them out. Like, we still haven't found out what's going on with those Jedi in those, like, yellow yeah, tanks. Yeah, What? Maybe it's just, like, a really messed up tomb. Yeah, Obi-Wan said, I know they're hiding them to- down here. It's not a treasure trove, it's a tomb. Yeah. It's a tomb! <laughs> I mean, it could have just been, yeah, this is like a trophy room. This is, they just wanted to freak us out a little bit. It just felt like, that's a lot of effort to show yeah. that. Yeah. They went to a lot of effort. They had actors there. They had a giant set. There's a whole building. Why not pay that off? So there's, I think there's got to be something else. Uh, yeah, well, it's not like they could all like come back to life because like, all right, they're all dead. All right. Well, we, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they are. They're in this weird suspended animation. Well, we got to wrap this segment up. Um, any any predictions? Anything you're hoping for in the final the final chapter? Quite gone ghost. Quite gone ghost. Quite gone ghost. Quite gone ghost. A good. QGG, a little QGG, yeah. quad gun ghost. Trademark. <laughs> uh, yeah, and what else? Anything else? I don't want like a Yoda ghost. I don't want anything else. Well, no, because we haven't met Yoda in the trilogy yet. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, but we went well, and met him in the prequels. Yeah. I'm so mixed up. No, yeah. I don't want any other ghosts, though. I don't want, yeah. I mean, to see Anakin in flashback was pretty amazing. That was, that was cool. That was really cool. But I don't know that we need anybody else. I think we need Qui-Gon because they've really told yeah. us in their storytelling, this is what he needs that he can't have. He wants to connect with his master. And I don't know what he's going to get out of that. But I want to put in my predictions in case I get to say I'm right. Okay, so do I'm it. Gonna say, I'm going to say, I'm thinking... Reva, she's going to be fine. She's going to get up uh, and use the knowledge from the communicator to go and try and find Luke for some sort of leverage purpose or whatever. Uh, Obi-Wan's going to be there, maybe already saved Leia or something, or maybe Leia's with him, and they're going to fight on Tatooine. It's going to be really cool. I feel like Leia cannot meet Luke. Yeah. No, 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 they can't. They can't. And Vader cannot meet either of them. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. He, he has to be able to meet Luke because he says, I am your father. Well, maybe... That's true. When does when does Vader know that I mean, Luke the exists? the Emperor says... Well, like, he's... he's they discuss the it in Empire. fighter in The New Hope, and yeah. then he says, the Force is strong with this guy. And then in Empire, the Emperor is the one to say, the, the son, son of, of Anakin. The son, yeah, yeah. So, there's some point where... But I don't know that it is now, in this series, that he would see him. We'll have to find out. Do you have any predictions or hopes for the final? Anything else? Not really. <laughs> uh, more Owen Lars? Yeah, he's he's kind of a boring character. His name was mentioned in the transmitter. Yeah. He's, I think he's got more to do. That's a big actor they brought on. Yeah. And that and some QGG. Let's get it going, guys. QGG. All right. So that's the end of this segment. We like to call Watch the Ball.
My guest on the show today is an actor. He's a YouTuber. You might catch his show, Show Me Cinema, on the YouTubes. Uh, but uh, primarily, he's a bigger Star Wars fan than I am, and that's saying a lot. So I had to have him on the show today. Matthew Emmerich, welcome. Thanks, man. Hey, that really means a lot to me because I know that you've been a Star Wars fan longer than I have. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's really saying something. Well, you, you, uh, I think our first interactions, you, you, uh, dug deep into the nerdiness and the nerdiest trivia that, uh, I could imagine. Um, and so I, you know, I thought I had to find out what Matthew thinks. Uh, first of all, uh, first of all, to give, uh, let, let's take a snapshot. I know you've, you, 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 we knew each other in LA, but now you're, you're in a different part of the country. What's the Star Warsiest thing in your house right now that's on the wall? Maybe impress me with something. Oh, this is hilarious because we literally just got a call from Michael's for some uh, fine art Star Wars <laughs> that my wife purchased somewhere. And we paid, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but to frame art is like more expensive oftentimes than the art itself. Yeah. So it's it's this beautiful. Uh, I got one for each of the original trilogies. So, or each of the original trilogy films. So there's one for New Hope, one for Empire, one for Jedi. And we're supposed to go pick it up like this weekend and it's all custom framed and everything. So that's that's the current big thing. But I have a soft spot for my Darth Vader helmet that I got from Sharper Image when I was like 14. So and whenever I want to put that on and you know scare my wife, that's usually my go-to. That's great. That's great. And boy, did we see maximum Star Wars Darth Vader helmet uh, this week. Um, you, you, uh, we're catching up on episode five, uh, but what were, what were your, uh, impressions in general of the series as you started to watch it to now? I mean, is it, has it met any expectations you had? Um, yeah. So I think it got off to a really strong start. I thought the first episode was excellent. Uh, overall, it's just really great to see Ewan McGregor, like having a good time. Like yeah. you can just tell that he is just thrilled to be back in the role thrilled to give another crack at this at this uh iconic character and you know he's been on the record as saying you know his experience with the prequels was a little bit frustrating given the amount of blue screen work and you know as an actor myself like i totally understand that it's just so much easier to dive into it if you have a nice environment and costumes and all that so anyway i just think ewan's having a ball and that's really great to see. And I, I love Joel Edgerton too. So when him, I think the best scene in the series so far is between Obi Obi Wan and Owen Lars on yeah. tattooing. I hope I, I just more of that. I agree. And I kept on wondering as we we're watching the episode last night. I was like, when are we going to get back to tattooing? I mean, we haven't even seen Aunt Beru yet. That's bound to happen sometime, right? Yeah. So I don't know where they're going with that, but you know, we saw that last little shot of Baby Luke. Uh, sleeping on the bed or whatever so and i guess reva i, I don't know what they're going to do with her tracking that down i i really have no idea i'd be kind of interested to hear where you think that's going but yeah, yeah to answer your question overall i'm having a good time i mean i definitely have issues as well but we can get into more of that later well it, you know it ebbed and flowed for me it, as you say it was a great start um i think now as i've got the perspective of five episodes episode three uh, when they were in the mining uh, planet where it's just them walking down a dirt road and then riding in the back of basically a pickup truck. Um, uh. I was like, what are you guys doing? Uh, <laughs> I was not, I, I wondered, it, it almost felt like they didn't even need that episode. I know they had to connect some dots, but everything uh. else since then has been better and better. I thought this was, this one was uh, had some breathtaking moments in it. 
and some uh, some big twists and big reveals that I did not expect. Um, but I, I I was starting to wonder if we were ever going back to Tatooine, if not for just an epilogue. But it seems like like this episode felt like it could have been the end of the series for 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 most of the hour. I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels like the end of a movie. And ah. now we got one more. We got one more beat. Now we got one more. Uh oh, <laughs> she knows about uh, Luke. Right. Well, and do you think that Vader and Obi Wan are gonna meet up again for like a final I, showdown? I think, I, I think people are gonna feel cheated if we don't, because like they're only right. real. I guess they had an altercation this time, but like they're only real saber cross was in that same episode where they're like in a rock quarry somewhere, and it was kind of a pathetic fight. So I think they <laughs> really want us to want another one um, right but i think that what i wasn't expecting was you know we're in this cave uh this like rebel fortress kind of cave <laughs> i mean it wasn't mm-hmm. a fortress it's kind of the beginnings of the rebellion but there were mm-hmm. like six people in there last episode and now it's like this huge crowd so the scope <laughs> of the the scope of the episode got really big uh uh-huh. with people having to get out of there and it was interesting that leia wasn't uh really She's been the focus of, of almost every plot uh, mm. of every episode of like getting her somewhere. And now she's kind of a sidekick, kind of an afterthought. And it's more yeah. about Vader and Reva and Obi-Wan kind of in this triangle of revenge. And yeah. we had a lot of war stuff as, as the troops came in. We also had, I, you know, I feel like in other episodes, we had like three or four stormtroopers. So now we have a lot of bodies moving in through this episode, like a lot of troops. A lot of good guys, a lot of bad guys, and it felt big. And with the handheld camera work, it got a little Rogue One, I thought, which I liked. Mm. Uh, but Yeah, that's a good observation. Like, I, I kind of forgot about that handheld sort of camera works. But now that you mention it, yeah, that does have a lot of Rogue One vibes for sure. Well, I think, that, I think that as much as actors love to be on a real set, as you mentioned, um, it also allows the cameraman and the director to just kind of like dig in and shoot all over the place and, and move the camera. I think when you move the camera, it feels more like a war correspondent covering something in a war. It it, it feels visceral. It feels like news footage. So I know that Deborah Chow has been moving the camera a lot more in that way uh, when the action breaks and it's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Like it definitely got bigger in scope with the number of rebels. We'll just call them rebels. Cause that's basically what they are. Right. Right. And I, I appreciated seeing a few more alien species show up. Like I love seeing the classic aliens pop up more and more. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think there was a hammerhead. There was a Nikto. Like the, the aliens is one of the things that drew me to star Wars as a kid in the first place, you know, just like digging into my visual dictionary and learning all the species and stuff. So yeah, I think broadening the scope, hopefully moving forward in this final episode, is something yeah, that there's that, there's that uh if there's that one alien he's kind of got a long kind of baboon face and we've seen him in the new disney movies uh he oh, was the, yeah, he, Skywalker. you know he's got that yeah. long he's almost kind of purple skin he's got that long face and we're like hey it's that guy i don't know what his name right is. <laughs> i know exactly who you're talking about and yeah that was a new alien for the sequel trilogy and i have not learned the species yet <laughs> but yeah it's good to see them all kind of come together in the same space well, let's let's get further into were there any like uh, uh, holy crap moments, we'll call them the, for you for this episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we all kind of suspected that Reva was probably part of the, you know, the, the kids community, if you will, during Order 66. 
Uh, I kind of had my suspicions that that was the case. Wow. But I didn't really know that there was going to be a conversation between her and Obi-Wan where like they tried to work together. So that was a bit of a surprise. And I did like that. Not so much when they were on the other side of the gate. Cause I was like, Oh, I'd really love to see these actors actually be face to face and like make eye contact. But right, when they right. did end up doing that later on outside, I was like, Oh, this is, yeah, this is really good and interesting stuff to see these performances. Yeah. Well, I think what she's really great too. I don't know. Did, did you, she was in um, the chess Netflix series. What, what was that called? Oh, really? Uh, the Queen's, Queen's Gambit. Gambit. Yeah. Uh, Riva, yeah, she played at the orphanage. She was the main girl's like older friend. Oh my gosh, that's a great connection. Yeah, I've really liked her. And uh, you know, they keep messing with our sympathies. Like we're supposed to hate her, but we've got <laughs> kind of a sympathy for her. I, I tell you, I was one of the people that did not see the younglings thing coming. Um, oh, okay. And so that was, but also the twistaroo was that you know Obi Wan's kneeling in front of her, like he surrenders, and he's like. You're not bringing me to him. I'm bringing him to you. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> that was kind of cool. Yeah. That she wants yeah. Vader. It's almost like the villain, the, the villain hates the villain. It's kind of Kylo Ren. There's a villain right. who hates the other villain. And the good guy's like, well, maybe I can play these guys against each other and I can get out of here while you guys yeah. work it out. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a question real quick, if I may. So I thought it was a little bit unclear with Riva, if like what exactly happened at the temple all those years ago, right? I guess she was and maybe they'll... somehow she was spared. Okay. And, and I felt like, uh, uh, you know, spoiler alert, Grand Inquisitor is still alive, which I, I think we all saw that coming. Um, <laughs> but uh, big old Grand Inquisitor and Vader, they're both acting like, yeah, we played you. Like, did Vader or or Anakin, did he know? Yeah, that's a girl I spared because I kind of thought she'd grow up to be like this. I don't think right. They need to flesh that out a little bit, I think, because it's like that was my question. Does Vader know that this was the same girl that he almost killed, or what exactly happened? So if we don't get more of that in the finale, that will be something that's kind of a disappointment because I feel like that's needed. Well, speaking speaking of Anakin. I had no idea. People had hoped we got Hayden Christensen back, but are we going to see him? Are we going to see him in his former glory as Anakin? And boy, do we see a lot of young Anakin right there with the <laughs> rat tail, rat tail. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing when I watch this stuff with my wife, she's like, she always uh, comments on the costume design and like yeah. the wigs. Yeah. And so right off the bat, I knew she was going to say it. She's like, Oh look, I can see where his wig hairline is sort of thing. I was like, well, of course he's not going to cut his hair like that again. Why would you want to wear that around for, you know, one scene? <laughs> <laughs> well, my kids, but, yeah. my, my kids are so savvy. They were like, is this a lookalike? Did they de-age him with digital? I just think, they might have taken some wrinkles away, but, you know, Hayden Christensen, he's got some age on him now, but they were able to make him look somehow like he did. I'm not like a crazy, you know, I'm not a big fan of the prequels. I've made it no secret of that. But uh-huh. this kind of made me feel warm and fuzzy inside to see the two of them <laughs> together. I liked it. Yeah, I, I agree. Like anything that they can do to make all of these Star Wars media feel more like it's one solid piece the better like that's why that's what i love like 
just the consistency with it is really nice. Yeah. But yeah, I thought he looked a little bit old. I mean, they may have took out a few wrinkles, but in my back of my head, I'm like, this has to take place before Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Because he yep. still got his arm or whatever. Yep. So like, yeah, I feel like they could have maybe smoothed out a few edges here or there. But at the end of the day, it was just really nice to see them in that time frame. And, and but one more thing about that, I, I feel like it would have also been nice to maybe have another flashback, maybe in a previous episode where we got to see more of their friendship and like brotherhood. Cause like that was really something that we missed in the prequels. Right. Like right. we never really got to see them bond. And so the end of revenge of the Sith wasn't in my opinion, quite as big of an impact as it could have been if they really had all this history and we saw it and experienced it. Yep. I think, I think the time that, Lucas wanted to spend on a romance between him and between uh, uh, Anakin and Padme. I think that screen time would have been better served in those slice of life brother brotherhood scenes that you're describing. Um, You know, they're riding up an elevator. I think at the beginning of the third one, just going, well, it's like that old time. We, we, that, that mission, remember that mission where we did this and that and they chuckle together. I'm like, I want to see that. That's exactly have sympathy for this, this relationship. Yeah, and that scene that you're referring to was a pickup shot. Like they they did that weeks later. Oh man, when they were yeah. So like with without that, like I mean, at least George sat down with the, like in the edit. He was like, "Wow, I really need at least something because I've kind of dropped the ball with getting these two characters to, like be buddies." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, when we began that prequel trilogy, I thought, well. I guess we're going to have a Han and Luke relationship between these two. You know, you got a hot shot and a cool head and we're going to have, I, I could have used a whole movie of them running around, getting into trouble. I mean, it would have been devastating right. at that point to right. see him fall. Right. Right. Um, but I do think that this series and there are moments in this series that kind of are, as you say, retconning that feeling or filling in that feeling, um, uh. Uh, you know, uh, Big props to Ewan McGregor and, and the painful mm. expressions as he watches this guy in a black helmet. And it's kind of like, <laughs> imagine seeing your old friend encased in something like that. And yeah. like he's, he's gone. It's almost like, I don't know if it's like how people, you know, meet up with an old friend and suddenly they're like lost to drugs or alcohol, or they're just not the person you thought. This is a, a, a great metaphor for that. And, and, and obviously yeah. he's, he's never going to get his buddy back. So I don't know where they're going to, ultimately leave things um but let's talk about we were talking about reva um just really jaw-dropping moments where uh, first of all why are they showing us anakin versus obi-wan in a in a flashback obi-wan literally bests anakin without a saber and then we see that reflected with vader just kind of using little force pulls and force grabs and he is fighting reva with with no saber and that was a new one yeah yeah, that was interesting. I'm glad it wasn't any longer than what it was because I was like, okay, this is going to get a little old to watch this play out. But then when they moved on, I think it was the same scene when she, when he breaks her double-sided blade in half. Yeah. Is that the same scene? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the highlights of this episode in my opinion because – not only is he, you know, breaking your lightsaber and probably going to kill you, but he's going to do it with your own blade. 
Because yeah. for a second, I was like, well, why doesn't he just pull out his own lightsaber? He's got one. He's just like showing off right now. And then it occurred to me, oh, yeah, he's doing that because he's just insulting her. And yeah. so <laughs> I thought that was pretty brilliant. Yeah, that was uh, that was a real in your face kind of fight. Um, yeah. Almost like, you know, he's bobbing and weaving and doesn't it's like I don't need to pull out my weapon. Um, right. I, I remember kind of muttering to myself when that was all over. Wow, that was an awesome fight. Because it was, it was just moves, and she the way she moved too. I think they've established this parkour kind of movement for her over the rooftops in uh, yes. Bayou, and so she was doing a lot of kind of crazy rolls on the ground and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing, Reva? But I think they're trying to come up with a new fighting style that we haven't seen before. Maybe that is it, but yeah, back to your comment about in Dayu, it, it was almost like, are they trying to make her kind of feel like Batman because that's the kind. <laughs> vibe that i was getting i was like okay okay i'll try to you know go along with this but uh yeah that that episode as a whole i think was a little bit weaker as well but i know yeah. we're talking about episode five so i won't get too carried away with that right well yeah it's it's you know it, it i think that uh i've talked about this with past guests that the more star wars we get it used to be uh here's your precious star wars you gotta wait every three years to get one Right. And I think we were real selective about, I mean, there are things in the original three that you can like and not like, but now we have uh -huh. such a, a uh, fire hose of star Wars that right. I think we can, we can allow ourselves to like, like a little bit of this and not like a little bit of that. And like, Hey, that part of the buffet table is not for me. Um, right. And it's okay. Cause we know we're going to get more. We don't have to be, yeah. I, I, I was a little kid gloves with my star Wars. I love just about anything I was given as I grew up, because I was just so excited to get more. Um, yeah. But I think now we can be a little choosier and, and, and it's OK to be critical. And, you know, and, and I think that it, it, I think that in this in this era of hyperbole that social media, social, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, social media has gotten uh, uh, taken us to, man, we, we either have to love or hate something and we have to love it all or hate it all. But I, I think there's a way to, like, love a lot of parts of this. And I'm having a great time watching this. But I'm also yeah. like, you know, a day later, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Well, how can <laughs> Vader grab one ship and then the other ship gets away? <laughs> you know, the, the rules of the force ever in motion are the rules of the force is what I have. Right. I think he was right. And like with that ship situation, it's like, so who was piloting the first ship? And are they just like sacrificing themselves to the cause? Because there's no way they're getting off planet now. Right. <laughs> right. I didn't even think about that. I would say I, I was I was startled by how fast he stopped that ship in the air. It was, it was yeah. freaky. <laughs> and then he ripped it yeah. apart. Yeah. Yeah. And they also kind of already did like the double tricky ship move in Rise of Skywalker. Right. So like I like it okay once, but I don't know if doing it <laughs> twice that quickly back to back really worked for me. Right. But, yeah. It goes back to what you're saying about picking and choosing and uh, I think, you know, yeah, with social media, it's just you got to either love it or you got to either hate it. And there's just no room for nuance anymore. And that's really a shame because, like, you, you got to be able to have fun with it and uh, realize that you're not going to love it all. And yeah, nothing's going to be perfect. So, well, I do. I do like uh, that Haja came back because I love me some Kamel Nanjiani. But then. <laughs> I feel like there could have been so much for him to play with. Like he's supposed to babysit Leia. Leia doesn't want to be babysat. She's doing the yeah. work. She's trying to get yeah. the door open. And all he does is kind of stand at the bottom of the vent and say, well, she's working on it. And I feel like, wow, that's a big opportunity 
for him to crawl up there and maybe not get where she can get, but he's handing her tools. He's reading the schematic. They're bickering at each other like a, a you know, you know, like a little lethal weapon where she's saying, yeah. don't tell me what to do. And, and they, they uh-huh. just kind of left that. Yeah. Wow, Corey, that's great. Yeah, because like you said earlier, Le- Leia didn't really have a whole lot to do either, so that would have solved that issue entirely. Well, but I don't know. know. I... Even my kids were saying, "Wow, she is she is finding the right wire for a long time." <laughs> right. And then when the little robot, the little Lola droid, shows up, she doesn't have any trouble locating like the the nefarious <laughs> little dot inside of the robot. Like that took her. Uh, two seconds <laughs> yeah well yeah when lola became like a red-eyed evil robot i thought wow this is going to be a real moment where her little childhood buddy her little pet she's got to mm. fight it or she's got to she's got to like somehow no no it's maybe about five seconds she finds the evil chip and pulls it out yeah. um i think that would could have been a real moment because because you know anakin i mean sorry obi-wan has been telling her you know, not everybody is trustworthy. She's always head first into it. Oh, come mm. on, it'll be fine. And 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 has relied on this little robot. And it's kind mm. of like, wow, even your best friend can betray you. I mean, that's there's a little theme that can be pulled there. But it's just like, nope, that's just a machine and you can pull the plug and it's no problem. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know that Lola stayed evil long enough, long enough for us to even care. Um, True. True. Hey, what do you think about the Leia character and the little actress and all of that? Well, I think it was good that she didn't have to run this week. <laughs> that is true. I do oh, like man. her. I do like her, though. I think that I think with a lot of child actors, it's it's whose hands they are being put into. And I think for yeah. little intimate moments, especially with her and Ben, it's been really sweet. And she's had some really genuine moments. And I think she's a, a cutie. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, there's other times where she has to give exposition and speeches and I'm a princess. It's like, well, let's, you know, let's be careful. Uh, You get into into that uh, child actor territory where they're just kind of reciting. But I think for the most part, I I really like her. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would agree with pretty much all of that. And the one thing that I am worried about, though, like I love to see the nice moments between her and Ben. But the more and more of that that happens the weirder it gets with episode four and the whole transmission that she sends to him through R2-D2. Right. So I guess like, do you think, I mean, how are they going to work around that? Is he going to mind wipe her with the force or are they just going to say, Oh, she's so young. She forgot. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I think it's problematic that she starts in episode four saying for years, you served my father in the clone wars with no personal connection. But for a while, I, you know, I, when it when it first was revealed, this was a Leia rescue uh, story. I was excited because I thought, wow, that really informs a lot more of why she would go to him years later, that that he's one mm-hmm. of the safest guys she knows. Mm-hmm. But but you're right. We don't have a line in episode four. Um, and I think George is done tinkering with the, with the movie. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, he'd How- get back in there. Uh, and you know what? Can you my, imagine my, the outrage though if like Disney decided to go back in there and start tinkering around? I don't know if they legally can, but wow, yeah, that would really yeah. get people fired up. Well, look, I mean, the, the, the truth is, when when George made these movies, as if I know him, I mean, you know, <laughs> he had no idea how far it would go, and we're all just trying to kind of back into the the, the timeline as best we can. I'm sure, 
But yeah, uh-huh. it is a slippery slope here. I do like that she and Ben have some kind of connection that they can, that we can feel a little tug of that later. She really doesn't get any screen time with Ben in, in A New Hope. Uh, right. Of any kind. Um, yeah. I was going to say, while we're talking about that Leia hologram, my, my whole pitch, you know, when Carrie Fisher passed away and they had one more movie, Rise of Skywalker, what are what is J.J. going to do? My right. prediction was that they could take some of her footage and the last time we see her on screen would be she would be transmitting to Ray or the Rebellion or, or, or somebody as a hologram. And as she's transmitting, her ship is hit or she's hit and, and she and, and, and the hologram disappears and she would like go out the way she came in. I just thought, wow, we would love to see an older Carrie Fisher saying goodbye in a hologram. Um, ah, like full circle sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, and that would also forgive any manipulation of footage or um, because it'd be a, one of those kind of uh, really crummy, you know, uh, uh, you can marvel at the technology of Star Wars, but their holograms are always crummy, uh, faded right. blue, blue, uh, <laughs> lots of lines of resolution. Um, so you're, you're saying you would have that probably be her only scene in the final movie? Well, I think they had footage that they that they used well when she was training Ray in the forest. I think they had stuff that, but like the final moments. Yeah. Like if she was on a battleship and she sent some final transmission and the last time we would see her uh, would be a hologram. I mean, that was my pitch, but, but you know, I tried to call JJ. He was like, who is this? I don't know you. I have a a restraining order and nobody took my ideas. (laughs) Ah, sorry, Corey. Yeah. Um, So what else happened? That was crazy. Let's see. Uh, well, Tala, uh, her uh, her death. I mean, uh, I think we can. I thought we might say goodbye to her, but I, I hated that. <laughs> well, and she had that um, uh, thermal detonator, right? And yeah, what I, I was kind of surprised too when she set it off that Riva didn't seem to be affected by it at all because I thought she was pretty close. Um, yeah. But yeah, Tala was fun while she lasted. I thought. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. What What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I kind of as as I have segments on this show with my boys, I'm paying attention to what they like. They really liked her uh, when she ah. held that thermal detonator aloft. One of my boys was like, "Just throw it, throw it at them!" Um, <laughs> right. I did. Right. I was glad to see Lifter Robot or whatever his name was that that construction robot that I think she kind of dismissed and told the audience to dismiss as a soulless machine. And it shielded uh-huh. her for long enough. I thought that was a really beautiful moment. And I thought we'd uh-huh. get some kind of I thought we'd get some kind of payoff with that robot. And I'm glad we did. Uh, we didn't need more. But I do love that actress that played Tala. And I I wished she had, you know, I I, I would say I hate that. It it, it meant I was sad. Uh, but story-wise, you know, it, her time was done. But I would have loved to see her live on in other spin-offs or something uh, in the timeline. Uh-huh. But that's uh-huh. all she served, I guess. Did you hear the uh, rumor that there might have been somebody in that it wasn't a droid? Tala's droid was actually like a suit of armor and people were throwing out all these crazy fan theories that it was like a Jedi or something like that. (laughs) Oh, I don't think so. I think it was a practical suit, but um, I didn't think they were going to have a reveal or anything. Right, right. I wondered for a hot second, though, when we were watching this this episode five, because they were the camera really was kind of like 
you know, falling on him. And like, and then I guess eventually the payoff was that he helped shield her in those final moments. Um, but yeah, for a second, I was like, are they going to have somebody jump? Was the internet right this time? Is someone going to jump out of there with a lightsaber? No. And <laughs> no. yeah, I'm glad they didn't. Cause that would have been a little weird, but I thought for a second, maybe they would. That would be crazy. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of, uh, uh, we, we are left with, uh, Riva. I'm amazed at how many impalings we can all survive, but uh, it <sighs> seems like she's going to survive and keep going for one more beat. Yeah. Okay. Corey, can I vent about that for a second? You may <laughs> vent away. I am getting, if there's one big complaint I have about the direction star Wars is going is I hate these fake deaths that they keep bringing up time and time again in the sequels. It was Chewbacca and Ray, and then in Mandalorian, Grief Karga and uh, Moff Gideon both have a little fake death moment. And the one that really got me was in the Boba Fett series when Cad Bane finally shows up. And I don't know how invested you are in the animated series. It took me a while, but I finally grew. It it grew on me. But Cad Bane is an awesome villain. And if you're going to bring him into live action, you better keep him around. And when they fake killed him, because let's let's face it, he's probably coming back. But every time they do this, whether it be him or Reva or the Grand Inquisitor, for crying out loud, it, it just makes every other death, you know, it loses the impact. And like you can probably talk about that more better than I can because you're a writer and you understand it. But like, how, can we cu- stop this, please? <laughs> right, right. It's it, you pull the rug out too many times. People are are, are going to stop investing in anybody's stakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, well, I, I was I was ticked that they killed Cad Bane, and if they didn't, I'm kind of happy he's around. But I will agree with you that you quit quit yanking us around with this fake death stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I was even uh, well, the one that my kids know that I am constantly talking about is Darth Maul just coming back in the animated series and in Solo with robot legs. Like this guy got cut in half and thrown down a mine shaft and he's back. What did he do, man? Did he crawl with his hands and half his torso? He crawled his way to a cyborg repair shop and said, give me the legs quick. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, well, pretty much. Just like Cad Bane. I was super pissed that they killed off Darth Maul. He's one of the coolest bad guys. So I didn't want them to kill him off. But yeah. as you say, you can't I, you can't make people like, like eternally recover from stuff right. um let's let death right. be deaths I, I i agree and i think right. uh, amazingly you know uh jj was one of those guys that would introduce characters in some of his movies and uh and 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 kill them off really uh, joss whedon also uh, there's some of these guys that they will introduce even a major actor playing a character and kill them off just to let you know that nobody's safe so that can have a great opposite effect. Walking Dead is one of the scariest shows because we all know now, if you watch Walking Dead, nobody is safe. It doesn't matter how major of a character they are. Um, yeah. And that makes you, that, that makes you, put you on edge all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I, same thing with Game of Thrones, right? Like within the yeah. first season, you lose the Sean Bean character whose name I'm forgetting right now. But right. yeah, he gets killed gruesomely and you're like, what is happening? I so, think that you can do that. Yeah. I think if you do that up front with one major character, that's all you need. Uh, yeah. And I'm speaking from one finite story. 
Um, right. I'm remembering the very first Mission Impossible. They cast Emilio Estevez as one of the team. And he was a pretty big actor then. He was yeah. leading yeah. movies still. And you're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, look, it's Emilio Estevez. And uh, spoiler alert, it's an old movie now. He's killed in the first 10 minutes, like mercilessly. <laughs> and that that. You know, so if you do it right, you can keep people on edge, but you can't bring them back from the dead over and over again, as you say. Um, right. Well, and are they even going to explain how the Grand Inquisitor survived? I mean, he took a lightsaber to the gut. Like, yeah. it's just like, are we just not going to address that at all? So that's something else in the finale that, you know, you got to do something. Can we get some detail? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think he walked in at the end and went, missed me. <laughs> Right. Um, and, I, and again, like you said, like I'm, I love all these characters. So part of me is happy they're coming back. I mean, I think that actor who's playing the Grand Inquisitor is just brilliant. He's chewing yes. the scenery like any other Shakespearean villain out there. Like it's great. Uh, but yeah, quit yanking us around. <laughs> right. 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 Well, I, yeah, I, I, I'm glad to see that actor back. Um, and I think that uh, we could use more of him. But yeah, it was just so, so weird. It's like, like, so how? Uh, because I think that um, even in even in this kind of fantasy science fiction, which is very broad and there's a lot of mysticism in it, uh, you can jump over. I, I know that I, I, I'm sure most of us don't really like that. They demystified the force with midichlorians. Um, <laughs> so we don't like a lot of specificity. But what we also don't like is really a, a, a lot of obscurity. Like in uh, mm. I think I think the biggest problem that that the more I chew on you know, the moments in Rise of Skywalker or the direction of Rise of Skywalker is that they bring the emperor, the, they bring the emperor back and say, mm -hmm. somehow he is back. And they <laughs> never give us like any reasons. And then they're like, somehow he has a fleet of a thousand star destroyers. And <laughs> just, it became almost like a very simple child's fairy tale. Like, don't worry about it. So we do need something. With, when, yeah. when somebody is conjured back to life or out of a, out of an injury. Right. And, and it is weird because you wouldn't think it would take a whole lot of time. And like I know JJ's got to be mindful of the runtime, but it, apparently the story is, is that version of Palpatine was a clone. So why can't we spend just a few minutes talking about that? And, and maybe they did shoot something like that and got cut in the editing room. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. That poor movie, I remember thinking before it came out, you know, what in the world would I do if I was in JJ's shoes? And I came up with a list of a couple things, but, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, I would not want that job. And if he does oh, yeah. anything remotely entertaining and somehow pulls this off, I would consider that a grand success. And I really enjoy Rise of Skywalker quite a bit, but you're not wrong when you point out, you know, well, we probably could have explained these details a little bit more or had a better idea before the trilogy started where it was going to end up. <laughs> well, yeah, I, there, I think there's so much of Rise of Skywalker that is so entertaining. Um, it is, you asked me as a writer, it is a fine line between giving the audience just enough information so they can just kind of roll with it. Um, and, and then sometimes uh, I've had problems with the script and I've said, ah, you know what the answer is? Just take away information. So sometimes... You just have to know when to do it. Um, uh -huh. so, uh, and, and sometimes you take information away from the audience or sometimes you just take information away from that character. So that so that uh, sometimes it's a problem when everybody knows too much. So if you like suddenly make sure that 
you know, one person didn't know this other thing, you have a lot more um, room to play with. Uh, but here with the Inquisitor, um, yeah, I think we need some details because if we never get any, it'll drive us crazy. And then they'll have to write, write some fan fiction short story of, <laughs> of his 20 minutes, kind of like Boba Fett, you know, like Boba Fett is the ultimate uh, fake death, as you say, as you complain about. Yeah. Yeah, he was the first one to do it. So, I mean, I guess he gets a little bit of a pass because of that. And, and with him, and similar kind of to Darth Maul, like that was, those were deaths that weren't originally intended to be fake. It was more that the fans just latched onto those characters so much that eventually they're like, well, do we want to make money? Yes, we do want to make money. <laughs> Let's bring back these characters. But yeah, it's a trend that I am not a fan of, and I hope they stop it soon because yeah. it's irritating. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of other little things that I liked about this. Uh, you know, you say that your, your wife pays attention to wardrobe. I have been noticing the changes in Obi-Wan's wardrobe as he went from bedraggled uh, drifter to <laughs> fully formed Jedi again. Last episode, he was kind of in a nice form-fitting little vest that kind of squared his shoulders. And this time he's seeing like a box of lightsabers from the fallen Jedi, clearly. And then uh -huh. he picks up this dark cloak and ends up wrapping himself in this dark cloak. So he kind of has a dark kind of vibe at the end of this episode, uh, uh, this top coat that he wears. I thought that was uh -huh. interesting. I, I'm not sure what they were going for, but suddenly he's kind of got uh, a little darkness in his wardrobe. Um, huh. The other thing I, I noticed that he did as an actor, I think it's right before the final fight. He's trying to decide how are we going to get out of here. He kind of sits back, and I know Ewan has been great about mimicking Alec Guinness's mannerisms. He does this little beard twirl. He kind of puts his fingers on the sides of his jaw, and he plays with the side of his beard. and And it jumped at me. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's Alec Guinness he's doing right there." Um, yeah. So he's, you know, they're they're every episode they have an opportunity to kind of segue him into the yeah. older guy that we're going to see. Yeah, I can actually see the scene in A New Hope when Allegheny is sitting there in his home talking to Luke, and he does that same sort of gesture with his beard. So that's a nice catch, dude. And Ewan's uh, been, been doing his homework. Right, right. I think, so the scene that I kind of brought up earlier between him and Jill Edgerton uh, in the first episode Man, they those two must have like watched A New Hope right before they started rolling cameras because both of them are just channeling those actors so much in that scene specifically. The cadence of their speech pattern is like spot on, and yeah, I would just bet you a million dollars they probably just pop pulled up like one of the scenes on YouTube and started watching it right before they started rolling a camera or something. Well, I'm and, I'm and that's the stuff I love. I'm in agreement with you. I want more Joel Edgerton. I want more uh, Owen Lars. I think uh, to get an actor like him who has grown over the years since he took that part, man, let's not right. waste him. And and I, I think we could move on to predictions that I didn't even know if we would get back to Tatooine, but it seems like as big as this episode was, they've saved Tatooine as our, our bookends. Um, so yeah. maybe we get a little bit of a, a, a Owen is going to kind of help Obi-Wan. And, and if they don't become friends, which I don't think they do, they come to an, an, an alignment or an understanding of fighting on the same side for something. Right. Yeah. They've got to figure out a way in this final episode to justify Vader, not coming back. 
because right. and I don't know where they're going with Riva's, you know, uh, figuring out this information about Owen on Tatooine because she finds that transmission or whatever. So I, I really, you know, and I haven't sat, sat down to really think about it, but if, if Vader knows Obi-Wan's alive now, like he's not going to stop hunting him until he thinks he's dead. Right. So some, right. they got to come right. up with something and I don't know for the life of me what it's going to be. Right. This, this hunt, this thing between Vader and Ben has got to end so that mm-hmm. that kind of, that relationship can kind of go dead until new hope. Um, yeah. And you know, what's cool is I heard somebody else bring up that when Vader senses him on the death star in a new hope, he says, I sense a presence I've not felt since. And then he, dot, doesn't, dot, finish, dot. he doesn't finish the sentence. So I think that we are <laughs> kind of filling in that end of that sentence now, um, which will yeah. be interesting. Yeah. I think that we've got well, to protect Luke, but we've got to do it in a way that Vader never knows about because there's no way Vader can know about either of those children. Right. Well, and that's pretty wild because Vader came down in this last episode to the, you know, rebel cave planet and Leia's like just on the other side of the wall. She's just down the hallway fixing the, you know, dumb garage door opener. It's like like you guys are in super close proximity and have no idea. And of course, like Vader goes on to cross paths with her when she's in a senator for in the Imperial Center or whatever, like they established at the beginning of episode four that they know each other already, but it's just kind of funny to be like, man, how close has he come to bumping into these kids and not really realizing it? It is a, it is a small universe. It is a small galaxy. <laughs> and I'm also trying to remember at what point Vader realizes he has a son because we know in Return of the Jedi, he didn't know about the daughter. Right. But I may have known. To... You're, you're right. You're right. He may have known about Luke because they kind of have a conversation about him in Empire where the Emperor is like the son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. So right. we, I don't know if we ever have that aha moment from Vader. Like, oh, my gosh, I've got a son. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ben is training him like we kind of were robbed of that. So I don't know, maybe we do, maybe we are what? allowed to, to have Vader yeah. know about Luke. I don't know. Yeah. What if that happens in the finale? That would be cool. But then it doesn't really work because why would he would then hunt him down? So yeah, I don't know. At some point Vader finds out about Luke. I don't know when that is. Yeah. I think that the prediction we're going to have, uh, I, I don't know what to predict that, that that's kind of great when I can't predict what this last episode is. I, I do think, We've been given indications. We're going to Tatooine. I predict more Owen Lars. I predict doggone it, Qui-Gon Ghost has got to show up. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably inevitable, right? (laughs) They've been teasing us. They've been teasing us with, you know, previously in the prequels. And one of the the pieces of dialogue, out of all the dialogue they could pull, they pull Yoda saying, teach you to commune with your old master, I will. So (laughs) I I feel like that's going to be the final... The, the final uh, whatever chess piece that drops for Obi-Wan to say, I'm a, uh-huh. I'm a Jedi. I'm okay with waiting or I've done my job or whatever, whatever he feels like he is hollow inside about connecting with Qui-Gon will kind of be that final piece. And they may save it because, Oh my gosh, Liam Neeson. And he said, he's not in it, but uh, yeah. you know what? Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire said they weren't in and I asked Spider-Man and they were. <laughs> right, right. So you think it's going to be more than just a Qui-Gon voice. You think Liam Neeson is going to be there on set communicating to 
the Obi-Wan character. I feel like, yes. I feel like yeah. we're going to see Liam Neeson as a shimmering ghost, and it's going to be a breakthrough for, for uh, Ben Kenobi. And I feel yeah. like we're going to have some kind of crossing paths between Ben and Luke that is very slight, that is very like, okay, I will let you see the boy every once in a while, or I will let you give him this toy, uh, but he can uh-huh. never know who you are. Uh, you know, there are uh-huh. little steps, and I think that we will see probably the death of Reva, but also the redemption of Reva. Like, there will be this glimmer of, I didn't want to be bad, but I had to to get revenge. Like, some sad yeah. kind of ending for her, but that we really understand or we sympathize with her as she dies. But I think you're, I think you're right. Like, we want Vader. We want a Vader showdown. But I'm trying to figure out how that happens. It they can't right. be having a lightsaber fight on Tatooine, twenty feet from Luke Skywalker. I mean, it just can't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I really haven't gotten in the game of predicting a whole lot with this series because I just I don't know how you do it. There's too many miss potential missteps like that, like fighting on Tatooine and being, being too close to Luke and having that be like, wait a second. Wouldn't they realize that they're in the same vicinity? So, yeah, I, I really don't know. And well, I kind of do think that Reva, there's a chance Reva might survive the series and we might see her again in some other series or something. Because I don't know be if they cool. almost killed her, killed her in this episode and then they do kill her in the next episode. I, that kind of is also frustrating in, in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we know we hate fake deaths, guys. Come on. Hey, and you know yeah. what's funny? Whenever you say Reva, or even when I say it, uh, for a moment, I think we're saying Reba as if Reba McIntyre is in this show. <laughs> that would be a totally different version of Star Wars, but I would still show up for it. Yeah. Well, um, I got to wrap this up, but I think the most fun about this show is that they've gotten us to a place where we really don't know what's going to happen next. And we're, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I agree. And I think Deborah Chow is actually doing a really great job. I don't know what she's really done in the past, but to have this thrown at you and, you know, really pull it off the way she has is pretty commendable. Yes, yes. I believe she did some Mandalorian episodes. I I hope they have her back for that, too. Um, Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you for joining me. Sure. Anytime, Corey. You know that I'm always pleased and happy to nerd out about Star Wars. (laughs) May the force be with you. Well, that's it. That's our show. I would like to thank my guest, Matthew Emmerich, for all his Star Wars nerdiness. And uh, good luck with framing those uh, original trilogy prints on your wall. And uh, keep that Darth Vader helmet handy and polished up. Because it seems like uh, Darth Vader continues to come back into the Star Wars world. We thought we lost him a long time ago, and he just keeps coming back. And so does Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're, We're into the big finale. Number six. It's going to wrap everything up. I have no idea how they're wrapping this up, but I will have another very special guest next week to talk about it, that episode, and to talk about it all. I'd also like to thank my two boys, Elliot and Nate, as always, the two sons that orbit my Tatooine. And I don't know what my Tatooine is, but I'm sure the doctor can have it removed uh, if it becomes inflamed. Uh, So that's it, and I hope you have a great week and a creative week for whatever you're doing and creating. We'll see you next week. I'm Corey Edwards. Thanks for stopping by.